This episode is brought to you by My Free Tax Challenge. Here's the thing, taxes suck, they're no fun, but we've all gotta file them. In my free tax challenge, I'm gonna walk you through the five steps you need to take to get your tax documents organized for this tax season. Then you'll be ready to send your stuff off to your accountant, or if you wanna self-file, you can follow my step-by-step screen share video tutorials inside the tax challenge itself to file your taxes on your own with ease. Sign up at www.bradendrake.com forward slash tax challenge and invite your friends. It's going to be a party. You're going to love it. Well, hello there and welcome back to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast. As you likely know, on Tuesdays, what we generally do is I take the time to answer one question from my free Facebook group, Braden's Besties. So we collect all the questions when people join the group and I pick one to answer each week, but we decided to mix it up. We're going to try something new. Please let me know after you listen to this, if you like it, shoot me a message on DM on Instagram or tag me on your Instagram stories, post it in the Facebook group, give me all the feedback. What we're going to do instead is we are going to take the recording from our weekly Facebook lives. So every Friday in the Facebook group, I do a free live Q&A. We collect questions throughout the week. People show up live. I interact with them. I answer the questions. People will post follow-up questions, all that good stuff. So instead of just answering our one question, we're going to do some repurposing here. We're going to retake the recording from that live video and share it here on the podcast. So check it out. Hope you enjoy. Let me know. And here we go. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to our weekly Friday live q and I'm so excited. First of all, off the top, we're doing something a little bit different. If you listened to the podcast last week, you'll know what this is about. Or I should say, if you listened to the podcast yesterday as I'm recording this live, we've decided we're going to try it out. We've decided that for the time being, we're going to take the recordings from these live Q&As here in the Facebook group, and we will be sharing them on the podcast on Tuesdays. So throughout the week, you can ask questions on our question collection thread. We answer them here on Friday. And then on Tuesday, it gets posted on the podcast. So you can watch the recording here. You can listen to the podcast. Lots of ways to ask your questions and get them answered, which is super, super fun. Okay, next announcement I have for you before we dive straight into the questions is about our tax challenge. So I've been mentioning the tax challenge a little bit here and there. And the tax challenge is totally free. It's a five-day challenge to, for you to work like 10 to 30 minutes a day to get all your stuff ready for tax season if you have not already filed. And just last week, what I did was I went one step further and I added tax filing tutorial videos into the challenge. So now, not only is the challenge going to help you get ready to file your taxes, it's actually going to teach you how to self-file file your taxes if that's on your to-do list. All right, if you're here live on the Q&A on Facebook, drop me a comment just to say hello so that I know that you're here. Um, Anika already asked a question, which is fantastic. So we'll start with Anika's question, and then I'm going to answer the questions on our collection thread. So Anika asked, what's the biggest financial mistake you see sole proprietorships make in their first year? Super short answer, not paying quarterly taxes. So as soon as your business is making a profit, you need to be saving money for taxes, and then you need to pay those. Otherwise, you're going to end up owing taxes when you file. If you've been saving, but you haven't paid them, that might be 
okay, because it's not going to be too much of a surprise. But what can often happen is people get caught off guard by how much they end up owing. Then they get behind. I call this the oh shit cycle. It's like a cycle that continues and is no fun. All right. Let me know if you're here live, like I mentioned, and if you can hear me okay. Um, rhymes with harmonica. Okay. I'm having a hard time figuring that out. Why am I having such a difficult time pronouncing your name? I keep calling you Anika. Anika? Anika. Harmonica Anika? <laughs> Did I let me know if I'm getting there. Annika, I think is your name then. All right, let me know if I'm getting closer. Okay. So let's dig into our question collection thread here. Um Allie says Allie asks, she says, I'm new here, so please bear with me. Got it. Allie asks, um, I have a question because when I created my LLC, I set it up as a partner LLC. So we call this a multi-member LLC, Allie. So a multi-member LLC with my husband and me. Was that a mistake? He's going to be helping me with things once I get everything up and running. You mentioned something about a single member LLC, and now I'm wondering if I messed it up. We really haven't gotten very far. I sold some physical items in 2019. I did not sell in 2020, and now I'm getting it back up and running. So if I need to make changes, corrections now, would it be the ideal time to do that before moving forward? So technically, that's fine. Generally, it's just easier to form a single-member LLC because you don't have to worry about the operating agreement as much, the meeting minutes, all these other details. But the nice thing is, is when you are married, like most likely if you're doing married filing jointly, you can, um, and this is a question for your tax accountant, but generally you can just file as if you were a single member LLC because your, your income is considered joint. But that's something that you want to look into because technically, if you have a partnership or a multi-member LLC, then you have to file an additional tax return. You have to file a partnership tax return before you file your individual return. So that can be a little bit sticky, Allie. That's something that I would look into if you have a tax repair, a paid tax repair, ask them about that um, as you're moving forward. Okay, so... Follow-up question, you said, I filed my trade name last night for my blog. So the LLC, you say your LLC is an Etsy store. And then the DBA is content creation and marketing. I think that will work, but would love feedback to make sure. Yeah, so you can do that. I mean, there's always this question of, do I want to have one business with multiple DBAs? Do I want to have multiple businesses? And really, you can do it either either which way you want to do it. So if you have multiple LLCs, that's going to provide you more legal protection. But if the businesses are pretty related, you can just do it in one and have a DBA for your second brand. So I think that probably sounds a-okay. All right, Allie, you said follow-up question. Should I just change it to a single member LLC? You can. It's a, it's up to you. Um, like I have an LLC. Mine's a single member LLC, but my spouse is not at all involved in my business. If your spouse is going to be involved in your business, then it's okay to have a multi-member LLC. But Allie, the way this gets a little tricky because then we also, of course, we all plan to be married for all of eternity. But when we're talking about like prenups and these different types of marital agreements, the way that you form your business structure plays into all of that as well. So this is something to consider also. All right. So <laughs> you say your name also rhymes with Hanukkah. So... Uh, oh, Annika. Is it is it Annika? Maybe I'm getting it right now. Let me know if that one was right. 
I want I want to get there. I'm going to get there, hopefully, and eventually. Okay. So Beth says, I'm kind of a funny question, but I'm a website designer who works from home. Can I deduct a fancy espresso machine? Um, like, could I deduct 50% of it? Beth, the answer is probably no, to be honest with you. Generally, anything that you're buying for the home, if it could be used for personal use, then it's not a business deduction. Could you buy it, stick it in your home office, like only use it when you're working? Sure. Like you could probably do that. Um, this is one of those things where some tax accountants are probably going to be like, oh yeah, for sure, totally deduct it. Others are going to be much more conservative until you know. If it's something that you're keeping in your kitchen, I would say definitely no. Um, I can tell you like for me, you see all this wall art behind me if you're watching on the live video. Not really wall art, they're just frames with like some of my business documents in them for fun graphics that I deduct because it's like home office business decor, but really anything outside of my home office, I don't deduct. Okay. <laughs> uh, Annika says, got it. Thanks for the perseverance. Okay, good. We got there. Beautiful. Love it. All right. Lisa says, if we offer free delivery, we tr so Lisa offers free delivery in her business and says we track and deduct the mileage for taxes. My question is regarding when we can charge the customer a delivery fee. Is that mileage still deductible or no, because it's not really our expense anymore? Yeah, you can still charge them. I mean, you can charge your clients really for whatever you want and it doesn't, doesn't really make a difference. Like I would probably in this context, um, Lisa, I would think about your delivery fee as more of your time delivering and not just the hard cost. So you're going to charge them, you know, $300 for whatever it is that you're selling them and then a $30 delivery fee. And that's for your time to drive the item there, which takes like more time and effort than just sh shipping it or having them pick it up. And then you're taking a deduction to kind of account for the wear and tear on your vehicle and all that kind of stuff. All right, Emily, who's here. Hi, Emily, hope you're doing well. Emily says, as a freelancer, do I pay state tax only to my state? Or do I need to file a form in each state that I have a client that's I, that sent me a 1099? So for income taxes, the short answer is no, Emily. Generally, you only need to worry about your in, source of income, where your income is sourced to. And generally speaking, the source of your income is going to be based on where you're physically working, where you're physically located. So the only time this ever gets tricky is if you like live in New Jersey and drive into New York to work every day, then you're probably going to have to look into filing in both of those states. But if you're working at home in a home office remotely for people, then you probably only need to be worried about filing an income tax return in your home state. All right. Annika says... I heard you can deduct your totally dedicated home office space per square foot. How does that work for a mortgage as opposed to rent? So the way it works is it doesn't really matter if you buy or rent. My dogs are going crazy, like right behind me. It doesn't really matter if you buy or rent. You get to deduct like your utilities and all your other home costs, and it's a percentage thing. So if your whole house that you own or rent is a thousand square feet and your home office is 200 square feet, that's 20%. So you would get to deduct 20% of all of those costs. So if you go through the tax challenge, Annika, and watch my videos on how to file, I go through that like in step-by-step -step detail and how to do it through the H&R Block online software if you're going to self-file. Okay, we only have one more question left. 
So if you're here live and you have a question yourself, go ahead and pop it in the comments. Um, so that way we have it when I wrap up this question and we can roll on to yours. So Elise says, I'm in the beauty industry and am licensed to perform the services I offer. So most likely, I do not know what your licensing entity is called, Elise, but a state board of cosmetology, is that what it is? Let me know. Let me know if I nailed it. Um, you probably have your license through the board of cosmetology. You said I rent a small studio independently and have a separate license to practice out of this space. All through, oh, and you said all through the board of cosmetology. So I did have that right. Awesome. Do I need a business license on top of this? The short answer is yes. So think about it like when I was doing one-on-one -on -one legal services, I had, well, I still am technically licensed as an attorney. That's just legal disclaimer, everyone. That's not the service I'm providing here. You know, this isn't individual legal advice, general educational information, all that good jazz. I have my license, like my law license through the state bar, like you have your cosmetology license through them. Your business license is separate. It's a license to do business within your local jurisdiction. So generally that's required by whatever city you're in. So you wanna look at the city that you're in, what their requirements are, and then get your business license accordingly. You said, also I formed an LLC when I started working for myself and I used my social as my EIN. Is that okay or would you recommend a proper EIN? Thanks so much. So quick distinction here, an EIN stands for Employment Identification Number. So you can't use your social security number as your EIN. They're two separate things. This is like a nuance that like really probably doesn't matter, but I'm all about like education. So I have to rant about this kind of stuff. On a lot of forms, they ask for your TIN. They'll ask, it's, it'll say T-I-N, which stands for Taxpayer Identification Number. And then you can use your social security number or your EIN when they ask for your TIN. Basically, they're saying, hey, give us a number that you have that identifies who's filing this document. And you can say, my social security identifies me as the person and my EIN identifies my business. And either one of those are generally appropriate. The reason why we like to use an EIN is just so that we don't have to use our social security number that often. It's just more, it's more of like a safety and security issue. And then also if you're using your EIN, it kind of does a better job at matching all of the shit on the back end for the IRS. So they know that when you're making payments, making filings, it's related to that specific business. Okay. These were really good questions, everyone. Great questions this week. Um, we had several that were really fantastic. So if you're listening to this on the podcast, make sure you that you come join the group so that you can ask your questions. If you're watching here live on Facebook, make sure that you're subscribed to the podcast. So if you miss the live in the Facebook group, you can listen more easily on the go in the future. So that's all for this week. If you're here live and you are in the middle of typing a question, you can wrap that up and I'll be happy to answer it. Otherwise, make sure you sign up for the tax challenge. Invite all your friends to the Facebook group, and I will be looking forward to doing this Q&A next week. Remember, our question collection thread, where did it go? No, that's the wrong thing. Our question collection thread gets posted every Monday here in the Facebook group, so you can go find that post. We mark it as an announcement up at the top, and then you can drop your question to have it answered here live. So super fun. Thanks, everyone, and have a fantastic weekend. Hey there, before you go, I wanted to give a quick thanks. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. If you loved it, I would love for you to take a screenshot of the episode or snap a quick selfie while you are listening. 
Share it on social and give me a tag. It'll help other kick-ass entrepreneurs like yourself find the show. That's it for today. I'll be back soon with a new episode. Meanwhile, let's roll up our sleeves and unfuck that biz.